Hello and welcome to Soccer Pod. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an outside winger, likes to cut inside and hit it off his stronger foot. And joining me as always is Ryan O'Hanlon. I'm the Mick McCarthy wearing cleats and socks on the sideline, but actually the manager. You're actually actually more like Owen Coyle. Shorts in the winter. Uh, I'll take that. Okay. Ryan and I are here to talk, obviously, Champions League, as we've had two great Champions League weeks Yeah, uh, we're coming off of. But first, we want to, you know, and as a way of kind of getting into the Champions League, we want to talk a little bit about Manchester City, um, who just crashed out. I guess crashed out is unfair, because I think crashed out is something we should only say for Arsenal, right? Yeah. The Arsenal crashes. Manchester City just failed. Yeah, Arsenal's essentially retired, that term. Uh, before we get into the sort of wider Champions League conversation, we wanted to start with Manchester City, who just went out 6-6. Uh, Monaco won on aggregate on away goals. Um, they beat Manchester City 3-1 in the Principality of Monaco mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Who, uh, who was in the stands for that game? Who do you think the fans were? Uh, a lot of guys with yachts. And a lot of guys who work at casinos. <laughs> they were all pretty into it. Yeah, what's a, who's a Monaco fan? Other than people with yachts, I, I literally have no idea. Like, I guess, I mean, I just don't even know who's... Who, if, if, hit us up on Twitter if you live in Monaco. It uh, doesn't seem like they should have enough people to fill a stadium. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure that it's, it's like a great standard of living there if you uh, own a yacht. Right. Anyway, Manchester City went out, and then uh, today, Thursday... Um, we were recording this before the Champions League draw, unfortunately, but we did want to get some Premier League stuff in before the weekend, before Manchester City plays Liverpool, which we'll get to. But uh, today in The Guardian, it was reported that Pep Guardiola could be getting rid of up to 18 players this summer, including Deep Breath, Yaya Torre, Gael Clichy, Pablo Zabaleta, Willie Caiviero, Jesus Navas, Bakari Sanya, uh, Joe Hart, Equilium Mangala, Samir Nazri, who's on loan, Wilfred Bonnie, who's on loan, some guy named Jason Denaire, who I've never seen, <laughs> Sergio Aguero could be on his bike, Vincent Company is always injured, Alexander Kolarov, his deal is ending soon, Fabian Delph never plays, Fernando sucks, and Kalichi and Iannucho, uh haven't seen a ton of him this year. These guys could all be on their way out. I find this to be um, strange timing. For the news, uh, Manchester City has a very important game against Liverpool. They are separated by one point. Man City has a game in hand. I believe that's three and four in the Premier League right now. And it's, you know, going out of the Champions League uh, in a kind of, I don't really, that, that was a very strange game yesterday, and we'll get to that. But I find the timing of this news to be a little strange because, like, if you're going to motivate guys to have a hard push through the end of the year to make the Champions League, it would stand to reason that you would want the incentive to be, and then you could play in the Champions League next year with Manchester City. Yeah. And these aren't peripheral players. I mean, some of them are. But guys like Clichy and Sanya have been playing a lot. You know, Aguero is now the best striker on this team. Yeah. I mean, he has been for years, but with the brief appearance of, of Jesus, Gabriel <laughs> Jesus, he was not. But I, I don't know. What do you think about like all this coming out uh, in March? Well, I, my first question with this is... If they win yesterday, does this news come out today? Right. Probably not, right? It's too, or is it just a complete coincidence? I, I mean, I think that it's it's suspicious that it does come out. On one hand, it sends a strong message to the roster that no one's safe. It also maybe recalibrates fan expectations and to some extent media expectations about where Guardiola is in the process. And I think that with a manager of his caliber, he arrives and people kind of expect there to be an immediate result, as there has been in Bayern and there had been in Barcelona. 
but um, he's obviously not gotten the kind of performance he wanted out of the league, out of the team, and I think has had a little bit of a harder learning curve in the Premier League. I agree. Um, I think, I mean, I guess there's one way to look at it, like, this is a way of telling all these dudes that if you want to be on this team next year, like, step your shit up. Yeah. But more than that, to me, this sort of just, like, sums up the issue with the team. Like, of those, you named 18 or so people, how many of them do you feel like are actually, like, good enough to be part of... We all expect Man City to... Like, the expectation for Man City, no one's satisfied until they break into the Bayern, Barca, Madrid... Juve group, yeah. Yeah, no, like, no one will be satisfied until that happens. Nor I, should they be, with the amount um, of they're spending. But I just still think that there's a lot of good football left in guys like Yaya Torre and Sergio Aguero. I know Torre's been bad for a while now, but I just... You look at somebody like Samir Nazri, who has essentially been the best player on one of the best teams in Spain, and he yeah. can't give you anything in Manchester City? Yeah, it's... I mean, there are there are definitely, you know, Aguero, Nazri, based on how he's played this year. I mean, those are the two clear names. But, like, beyond that, it's... And I think Iannaccio, when... Iannaccio is one of those guys that, like, he's played a very tiny amount, but his, like, per 90 statistics are, like incredible yeah um so it's kind of surprising that he hasn't played more especially because it it really at this point it's just like it's not even conjecture it just doesn't seem like pep loves aguero um but beyond like aguero nazari and possibly Inacho, it's like the rest of these guys are all i feel like they're mediocre they're average premier league players like they're relatively close to replacement level i think at Bayern, it's the guys are just all way better and i i think there's there's definitely a I mean, we've talked about this before. It would be fascinating to see Guardiola manage, like... Everton. Everton, or, like, even a worse team, and see, like, does he come in and try to have them play the same way that he had Bayern playing, even though none of the players are capable of it, and he, like, fights through the growing pains? Because that's, like, what he's trying to do with City, and it's just, like, we got super hyped about the Sonia and Clichy, like, inverted winger thing right at the beginning of the season. It's, like that just it ultimately isn't going to work i think one of the things that um is a little bit not alarming but notable about this season has been um it feels a little bit first of all with this transfer list it feels like that's not just like we're going to fix the midfield or we're going to fix the defense that's like we're redoing the whole team to say nothing of the fact that now he's got to go out and buy another keeper yeah second of all There's an interesting quote from yesterday's game where Guardiola said after the match, we wanted to show personality, not to let them think, but they could pass and pass the ball. And we forgot to do that in the first half. My mistake was not being able to convince them to do that. I did it in the second half, but it was too late. And he had another quote about the strikers needed to come back and get the ball. There was, it seemed to just be like a kind of um, a disconnect between what the manager wants and what the players are doing, even at this point in the season. And when I think about these Manchester City teams, he has essentially scrapped defending in yeah. the last couple of weeks, if not months. And they've won four out of five in the Premier League, so they're they're looking pretty good in domestic competition. But to watch them just kind of be like, we're going to go into Monaco, and instead of like defending our lead and stealing a goal, we're just going to just... We're going to poorly go forward in the first half, give up goals to Mbappe and these other guys, and then, and then just kind of like, at the end of the game, I saw no urgency to get it in the net. Yeah, it's I. You're touching on a good point. I think in that one of the things about this team is they don't, you know, they're they don't they defend by pressing the ball, obviously. And if you break through their midfield, 
their center backs are just they're not good defenders. Yeah, right. They're bad. They play too and high anyway. Yeah. They give up when they give up chances, they're always very high quality chances. But like Guardiola's teams in the past had a way of like just completely sucking the life out of a game. Yeah. Um by pressing a team to death or by just cycling the ball around and making a team run for 90 minutes. And it's like this team doesn't seem like it can do that. They can I, I still feel like they have the most devastating attack in the Premier League when it's on, like by a good margin. Mm-hmm. But like when they get a lead, it's like, especially coming into a game with a two goal lead, they weren't able to control the game and sort of like lessen the events that were happening throughout the course of the game. They sat back and just got pounded by Monaco. Mm-hmm. They didn't really do. You can defend proactively, and they they're, Monaco they're not also able... looked way more athletic than they did. Yeah, well, they I think Monaco. Sharper. I mean, I mean, Monaco is at least outside of City's front three or front four, Monaco is the opposite of what City is. City's old, you know, guys that are relying on their, you know, experience to play, and Monaco is all these, like, insanely athletic, but, like, you were saying yesterday, also, like, very skilled players. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, the City issue is just so obvious when you play a team like that. There was, like, a mirror image play at the end of the match where, um, you know, it was, like maybe five minutes left in regular in regulation and Silva was going up the right flank and just got jumped by three Monaco defenders and tried to scoot through them and couldn't yeah and then I think it was either Mendy or somebody basically did the same thing now on the left wing for going towards the Manchester City goal and two Manchester City defenders tried to jump him and he split them and not only did he split them but those guys just like evaporated yeah and then he hit a he switched the field of play with this like laser focused cross field pass yeah. that just completely you know opened up the other side of the field and basically let Monaco kill two minutes off the clock by like dinking around for a while. Yeah. So it, it was just like very striking. We kind of you know Monaco doesn't have like the best reputation. I think there's always like this new money thing with them. Uh, same with City, but. Um, I was blown away by how well they played yesterday and spent and basically how bad they made Man City look. Yeah, I I mean, it's, I think overall, the sort of, I mean, the issue here, right, is that Man City basically played Monaco toe-to-toe, and we want we want Man City to blow a team like Monaco off the field. Sure. Right? I, I think that's... You that's, expect a Guardiola-managed team. That's the expectation, be, yeah. yeah. Maybe a couple of things didn't go their way in this, um, but, like, that's, that's not what we're, what we want for Man City. And I think Monaco, it's just... Again, it's just the same point. It's there's this is this is fun to watch. You know what I mean? And these guys that are only getting better and are playing at like hyperspeed, it just makes it just shows the decaying squad that City has. I think in a sharper way than we we've seen all season. Well, probably. it's gonna be hard for them to move all these guys off their books. A lot yeah. of these guys, especially the ones who are a little bit earlier in their deals, make a lot of money per week. Yeah, a lot, a lot of money on their weekly wages, and it's just not that easy to just dump these guys. I mean. I'm sure some of them will go to China, but it's it's going to be a little bit frustrating. I think they might wind up with two or three of these guys still on their books next year, if not on their team, on their roster. That being said, they will probably be Liverpool three nothing this week, just because like That's all the evidence otherwise suggests that they should yeah. just be a tired, broken team, half of whom are expecting to leave. Yeah, and Liverpool has no other requ- like responsibilities other than going for Champions League, and I just have a bad feeling that Liverpool's going to get smoked. Um, talking about the top four really quickly in England I just wanted to mention Harry Kane is out for six weeks Harry Kane's ankle injury comes at I guess the best time that Harry Kane's ankle injury could come uh 
Tottenham is facing Southampton, Burnley, Watford, Swansea, and Bournemouth in the next couple of matches. So do you think that they still have the, the firepower to finish second? I, I don't think they're going to finish second. Um, it's Their depth is, has been a big issue this season, especially with Lamilla sort of falling off the face of the earth and Vincent Janssen. Um, Continuing to be maybe the, the worst buy in Premier League history. Yeah, they, they Kevin Clark, our colleague, sent me a clip of his goal um, in that against Millwall, set to music from the Titanic. <laughs> um, and it's just Tottenham's whole thing this season has been they create a, a ton of shots, but like not super high quality shots. And it's either Deli Ali sort of heading one in on the back post or Kane just finishing something. And now you're taking away sort of one of those goal scoring options. It's It'll be really interesting to see. I, I feel like we're, especially with a t- against a team like Southampton, I feel like we could be in for a game where they're sort of just like... There's a bit of a drop-off. Just very, it's a, one of those very frustrating attacking performances. Tottenham and City tied on 56 points right now. Uh, both play 27 games. Liverpool's one point behind those guys with one game more uh, played. They are at 55 points. Arsenal... 26 games played, 50 points. Man United seems to be going for Champions League through Europa League. We'll see what happens to them today in uh, Rostov or against Rostov. They're playing at Old Trafford. I expect them to win. Um, Then you get to Everton on 47 points, who seem a little bit too far out of it to get Champions League. And sadly enough, could find themselves raided at the end of the year. Not only for Romelu Lukaku, who says he's not going to sign a new contract, but possibly also Ross Barkley and possibly also Ronald Koeman, who's been bandied about as the Barcelona manager. Um, I know that you had some thoughts on Lukaku. Well, I think the Lukaku thing is it's interesting um, because you know England teams in England can pay more money to players than teams everywhere else. So and he wants Champions League. So essentially, like, you know, Rilla says, yeah, he wants Champions League. Um, so what are what are his options? Let's just go through them. Yeah. So right he, now he's not going to go to Liverpool. No. Um, Tottenham just doesn't buy guys like that. They they don't spend that much money on players. No. And they don't need him. Um, is he going to go to Arsenal? I mean, I I guess if Arsenal has a new manager. Sure. Um, <laughs> Chelsea, where he was already sold from. I mean, they have bought players. Yeah, there was a rumor that Chelsea would write a. It would be a 100 million euro transfer of Barkley and Lukaku. Yeah, so so I mean that that's the that's the big. But wouldn't Lukaku almost get 60 on his own? 60, 70. I mean, like I I don't know what the market's going to be this summer. I mean, you would think he would be worth even more than that. Um, And then Man U, where he would be playing for the manager that got rid of him at Chelsea. So beyond that, then there's Real Madrid. Maybe, maybe he fits there. Probably comes off the bench. Barca. I don't see him nope. fitting that system. Also, still like, what's he going to do with with Suarez and Neymar? Exactly. Where's he going to play? Bayern. Nope. No. And then the only other option I can think of is Juventus. Well, Juventus, maybe, but they already have three really good strikers, and then and probably don't have to pay P- that much for them. PSG is the other option, right? So it's I guess like, I guess France could be the option. You know, like there are there are other. Team, like there are many other teams that are better than Everton in the Champions League, but the, none of these other teams can pay the amount of money Everton can pay Lukaku. So it's, I think it's it's going to be really weird. I think to see where he goes. I mean, Chelsea, I guess, since Conte's there and it's sort of a new you know a new person. And this probably is the last year of Costa. Yeah, I mean, I think that it does actually seem kind of that would be the perfect fit. But I guess then if he, they're the perfect fit, who else is bidding against them? So maybe that United. sort of. 
suppresses his value. Yeah. Um, but then again, I just don't I don't understand how many guys United can carry. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can have Rashford and Marshall and Ibrahimovic and like, Rooney's gone. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't even know if you. It seem it would seem weird to have Ibrahimovic and Lukaku on the field together. That, that seems like a no, very, you wouldn't do it. I, mean, you would, I think that would thing. be insurance against Ibrahimovic becoming more breaking down a little bit. But there's yeah. no evidence to suggest that's going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the other thing is he might not come back. So I think he'll come back. Yeah. I, um, the other question that I wanted to ask really quickly is just. We do this almost every time we do a podcast. But so, who do you think is going to be in the top four at the end of the season? Going to go out on a limb and say Chelsea is going to come in first. Okay, I think Man City second, mm-hmm. Tottenham third, mm-hmm. Liverpool fourth. Not Arsenal. No. Okay. What happens if Man U wins the Europa League and they go to the Champions League? I mean, I know what happens. They that there's only two more spots open for three teams. No, they're five teams. Um, oh, they send five? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but it's only five. So if Leicester wins the Champions League, then the, then Liverpool would miss out. Let's get into the Champions League. <laughs> um, we're finally, th- we don't have our draw yet, so this will be a little bit behind the, the eight ball in terms of, uh, you guys will know a little bit more than we do. But we wanted to sort of rank the Champions League teams based on their performances of the last few weeks. Uh, going into the quarterfinals. Um, it's been a really fun Champions League, although I'm a little disappointed with the remaining teams to some extent, um, just because I feel like we're just, it's, it's getting almost, almost almost like funnily repetitive now. Um, that being said, uh, my number one team in the Champions League rankings right now is Barca. Just after that PSG, I just feel like, would you ever bet against them in any context? <laughs> Well, let's let's go. So they lose four nothing to PSG. They sort of have an underwhelming game at Leganés. So then they beat Atletico in uh, Madrid. Then they win six one five zero and six one mm-hmm. three games in a row. And then they lost this past weekend. But I, I'm willing to I'm willing to write off any game after, after a that game PSG like that. Game, yeah. Um, but I mean, our last podcast we were sort of. RIPing Barcelona, um, and I think a lot of the stuff we talked about is all of it is accurate. It's just crazy how quite fast it can change. And they've been playing Messi a little bit deeper. Yeah, they've been playing like a three-four-three with Messi sort of as a attacking midfielder, and it, it's you know it. Um, I think it shores up their defense a little bit. I think it's also just like you get into any ninety-minute situation, and if you have Neymar, Suarez, and Messi, you just can't really be counted out. Those are the th- three of the best players in well, the world. Well, and we've talked about this. They didn't even really need Messi that much against PSG. Right, because um, Neymar had the best five minutes anyone's ever had. Yeah, I've ne- we've never, I've never, I don't think there's anyone that's ever played a yeah. good, as good of a five minutes. Who do you as have? Is you, who's your number one team? I have Barca also. So who's your number two? Number two, Bayern Munich. Okay. Um, maybe inflated by the, we played Arsenal in the previous round. Right. Um I think playing Arsenal, it does seem like it's a it's a way to sort of make everyone feel good sure, about things. Sure. Um, it worked for Liverpool. They've also been smashing people in the Bundesliga for what it's worth. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're going to win the Bundesliga again relatively easily. Um, I don't. I don't know if they were. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I think they're still really good. I think Ancelotti is still trying to figure out. 
their thing is like they're they're by far the deepest team in the world. If you look through their mm-hmm. sort of like like top, Renato Sanchez doesn't even get to play. Yeah, Renato Sanchez, like Kimmich, like there's just there's so many insanely good players on the team. I, I, I think Tiago has the midfielder has become. I think he's probably the best midfielder in the world right really? now, just because he's been healthy the whole year. Um, and his issue is he's always hurt. Yeah, he, um, he's just like a ridiculously good passer, dribbler, does a ton defensively, um, just like everything you want. So why not have them number one, just because they're not as hot? Yeah, I think think Barca just has a higher ceiling, and they just have Messi. I had Juventus second just to troll. Um, (laughs) I also did troll who? Um, Basically, it was like, I don't, it it really all depends on the draw, but I just really liked the way that Juventus looked in the last round. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, they also have nothing really to worry about in their domestic competition. It would have to be a really like an epic collapse for the Roma to catch them. Um, and I'm just so tired of Bayern and Barca do- dominating Europe that I, Juventus has been in and around the finals the last couple of years. Yeah. But I just would love to see them kind of make up for it, even if, even if it's a team without Pirlo, without Pogba. Yeah. I, I'm still, still a fan of what, how they play. Bayern 3, I have Real 4, Atletico 5. Real 4, Atletico 5. I have Juve 3rd, Real 4, and Dortmund 5. I have Dortmund 6. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just like Atletico's setup for Champions League more. It's just, there. I mean, they're one of the teams that's always there. Yeah. And, it, and it's like... They're it, the inverse of Barcelona, basically, where Barcelona has three or four guys that could win a game by themselves. Atletico has 11 guys who can crush a game by themselves, who could just and you know just suppress that kind of attack. Yeah, and I think, I think, if we want to compare them to Dortmund, because the, the the top four is it's clear. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, obviously, um, and then it's Dortmund or Atletico. I think you would have as your fifth. Dortmund has since um, the winter break, they've probably had the best attack in the world. They're just like totally incredible to watch yeah. um Dembele has like Dembele is like arguably a, like a superstar already at this point I hope that Dortmund plays somebody in the next round who lets them counter or you know a possession team that they can counter on yeah because I think that would just be really exciting for like the world audience to see mm-hmm. I mean Byron yeah um I I, <laughs> I, I think they're you know they're they're the type of team that they could beat anyone, but also lose it, lose to anyone. I, I feel like they're for as much as we talk about Liverpool and City, they sort of play these like high leverage styles that if you break through them, they're going to give up insanely good chances. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to break through them. Dortmund is like the elite version of that, I would say. Um, do you think that in in the bottom those last two, Monaco and Leicester, I have that that's how I have it. Um, I think Monaco might be, in terms of form, I would have a ton of confidence if I was Monaco. Like, I would go for it. Yeah. Uh, Leicester, it's it's great that they've decided to start playing now that they fired their manager. <laughs> uh, but they basically got by Sevilla because Jamie Vardy is a crook. Uh, so Or he has the grit and t- determination that sure. is It's not like Barcelona has never done anything Britain. worse than that. <laughs> I just don't think they're going to get I think the dream ends here. Yeah, I think so. I think Monaco Monaco is a team that's freaking out all of the stats people Why? right now. 
they have 84 goals in the league, but their expected goals are 55. So oh, they're wow. outpacing it by almost 30. So and their expected goals, like explain that a little bit for people who wouldn't know. Like what would that, how do you kind of arrive at that number? Expected goals are, so basically every shot you take um, sort of based on the pass that leads to the shot um, is given a percentage point. So if it, Essentially, if I'm dribbling along the end line and there's no keeper and I square the ball to you and you're in, a, in front of an open net and you tap it in, it's like a, that would be like a point nine or something. Okay. So you just add all of those chances It's almost up. like a points per possession, expected points per yeah, possession thing. Yeah, exactly. Right, so basketball. so essentially, like, Monaco is finishing their chances at, like, a historically high rate. Right. Um, Falcao's had a great season for them. Yeah, and Mbappe. Mbappe's coming in. Um, so it's... But it like continued against against Manchester City, so you, you know it does expected goals doesn't pick up on on literally everything. It's one of those things that right. like over time it, um, you know, irons itself out is correct. But in the course of a season, it can be like so. And the other thing is like teams typically convert their chances at like less than fifteen percent. There have been like ten teams that have converted at a higher percentage than that, and it's Bayern. PSG, every Barca team basically, and Madrid. Okay. And Monaco is currently has the second highest like conversion percentage of any team since we've had that statistic. Jeez. Um, so, you know, it's one, are they doing something weird? Two, are they just getting lucky? Three, it's probably a combination of the two things. What's the weird? I think the weird is like what we talked about. Like there just isn't a team that is that, like they're so fucking athletic. Right. And, but these dudes are they're all very skilled, very, very technical yeah, too. Yeah. So I think, and they have a good manager. I think there's, you know, they they could, I could see them beating someone in the next round. I hope so. I feel I like we're they destined like, for a Monaco. We need an upset. I think we're gonna have a Monaco Leicester matchup. I'm really, in the, the next draw. in the draw, I'm predicting it. Okay, well we'll have to come back and check <laughs> on that. Any other um, anybody you've seen in the Champions League? I'm gonna put you on the spot here a little bit. Who is the hottest transfer target? Um, of this quarterfinal group? The hottest transfer target. So this would obviously emphasize teams like Atletico, Dortmund, Monaco, I guess Leicester, uh, uh, teams that are could be picked on by the bigger fish here. Vardy. Vardy will be playing for Madrid next season. I hope so. <laughs> Benzema <laughs> no, will be his butler. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, going back to a guy I mentioned, I think it's Usman Dembele. I, I feel like he's... They're going to have to let Aubameyang leave to keep Dembele, right? Like, yeah, it, they can't be, lose both. It'll be interesting. I mean, it, it's like they it's tend just, to send sell in piecemeal, right? Like, don't they like okay, Lewandowski, you can leave, but we're not going to also let Royce leave. Like, we're not going to. You know, I think they got picked off like two two once. Like, they got did Goethe and Lewandowski live in the leave, leave in the same season? Um, I. I feel like Lewandowski was one more year. Okay, yeah. So it's like, and I think maybe they knew early on that Lewandowski was going to leave. Yeah. Which is, I hate how Bayern can do that, where they're like well, announcing I, in February, like, by the way, he's leaving in the summer. It's like some awesome player on well, Hoffenheim. It was the same thing with, uh, I think, Hummels last year. We knew right. he was going. Um, so it's weird. I feel like they, I would need to look at like the transfer fees, but I feel like they typically hold guys pretty close to the end of their contracts. Yeah. Um, rather than selling them when they have like three years left and getting more money. Um, but, but I hope they hold this this unit together because I think with one more year, this group could win either the Bundesliga or the Champions League next season. Yeah, I agree. And 
Marco Royce has been injured basically the whole year. Gertz is out. out for the season. So if those guys can maybe get healthy for next year and they keep all the young guys, they could. That's as good of a team as they've had in recent memory, I think. Um, but I feel like Dembele is the target, and then like every guy on Monaco, yeah, other than Joao Moutinho, yeah. Even though Joao Moutinho basically plays for every team, I know seriously. <laughs> um, we, 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 you know, when you say every guy on Monaco, Ryan Wright wrote something about this yesterday for the Rigger, but obviously Mbappe is just absolutely phenomenal. Like some of his like movement, but also just like I love, um, even even his like fox in the box stuff just feels like it's like a steel door slamming shut. Mm-hmm. It's like so crisp. And exact and mechanical, and then his runs are like just rampaging. Like he has almost uh, Adriano vibes to me. I know yeah. people have been comparing to Henri, but I love how like he just will split defenders and they fall off of him. I I totally agree. It's he's skinny, but like I think because he gets up to top speed yeah. so fast, it feels like powerful watching yeah. him run. I, Adriano is not skinny. No, um, <laughs> let's hope he doesn't go the, the route of. Adriano, but he's he's it's just like one of those guys where it's he's scoring and you just look at him and it's like this is like how I would create a striker yeah. in a lab. Yeah. Um it, the interesting thing with him is he's so young. So does he go somewhere now? Um Yeah, cuz he's he a, he's the kind of player goes, who could you know? get gotten by a just outside of the Champions League team in a different league maybe or could yeah. get purchased by Lyon or Marseille or Marseille's got new money from the McCourt's family, yeah. like you know uh, PSG. Obviously, he might stay in France, but it would be cool if he does not go to Real Madrid, Barcelona, or Bayern Munich. Okay, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, Mbappe or Lukaku, if you're you're buying someone, considering what you're probably paying for. Who each am I of managing? Them. Um, can I get Mbappe for thirty five million? You're managing Arsenal. Can I get Mbappe for thirty five? I think you you get him for for cheaper than Lukaku, um, just because Lukaku's actually. All right, let's done say it's it. forty five. So forty five and Lukaku's yeah, sixty five. I'm taking Mbappe. I mean, there's going to be some funky stuff happening in the transfer market because I do think that there could be some upheaval. You could see Everton's manager gone. You can see Arsenal's manager gone. Yeah. I think that um, we talked about Dortmund getting rated. I think Tottenham is due to get picked on a little bit just because they're too many of their players are too good right now. Yeah. Uh, there was a rumor today that I thought was hilarious about um, Man City going for Kyle Walker and Danny Rose. I mean, that's the Bayern model, right? Just, just take... destroy the other competition with yeah. money. Uh, if that happens, Pochettino should just go manage Arsenal. Like they should just like. They... Well, there's nothing you can do. But Pochettino like also like wanted to buy Musa Sissoko, so I don't really know how much like transfer market slack he deserves didn't he have like a guy a tech, tech, like a sort of transfer specialist from Southampton who got fired that like was earlier in the year had been there he's still um, he's still like working with the team even though he's on his way out so okay. it's, a, it's a very weird like lame duck yeah there's trusts. a couple of strange front office for lack of a better term situations there's rumors that Arsenal could be looking for a technical director to ease yeah. the burden, quote unquote, on Wenger. Which I just—that's not the problem. Like, they think, like if Arsenal's problem is not necessarily the players they buy, although that is a problem. It's their tactics and it's their style of play and it's their ability to like change what they're doing based on an opponent. <laughs> to me, the thing—if anything, Wenger should be the technical make director. Make Wenger the technical director yeah. and bring in someone else. I mean, yeah. that would be such a—that would be—that's like the equivalent. I mean, I guess. Sir Alex Ferguson was essentially still pulling strings after he left behind the scenes. But imagine, like, Wenger's been there. Would you want to come in and be under him? 
No, but I mean, I think that I you agree. Could make like an ad, you could make it. Here's, I think that the smartest thing that they could do, although I don't necessarily know if it would work, I would still just be so excited for it, is if they got Manchi and Sampaoli from Sevilla. Right? I mean, like, that would destroy Sevilla. I don't want that to happen, but I think it would be a very interesting, like, bring those guys in. And and basically ratchet up the athleticism and style of Arsenal and bring in a guy who knows how to buy players across Europe at a budget, which yeah. is obviously something that seems to matter a little bit to Arsenal's the, board. It's it's an interesting idea because this is always something I wondered with Liverpool. It's like they're always buying Southampton's players. Right. Like why not just buy Southampton's like staff front office right. and then give them more money? Right. Like, and so buying Sevilla is like the ultra version of Southampton. Well, this is the thing, know? right? So when you're looking at it, is you're looking at Monaco, you're looking at Dortmund, you're looking to some extent at Everton, you're looking at Tottenham, even even though Tottenham is now fairly regularly gets into Champions League yeah. in the last couple of years or has in the last two. Um, there's still a big bank, little bank thing going on. And they there is still, like, like you said, with this Munich style of weakening your competition by buying their players. Yeah. That could happen to a bunch of these teams. So what happens is teams like Liverpool, teams like Tottenham, and to some extent team like Arsenal, even though they've spent bigger in recent years, have to buy these guys who were on Bayer Leverkusen or Bremen or a Portuguese team or a mid-tier Spanish team and not like a guy from Munich or Barca or Juve for the most part. And it's just, that's a lot of teams going for a small pool of players. Yeah, I... It's a it's and every be, time Liverpool gets interested in a Julian Brandt or something like that, you're just going to see other teams be like, "Well, what if we gave him this much?" Well, yeah, it's you know Liverpool, Tottenham. They just I feel like they just get used to sort of pump up a guy's price. It's right. like you mentioned Julian Brandt, like Nabi Keita, who's you know one of the best midfielders in the world world already. Plays for Leipzig. It's like Liverpool's now being linked with him and like. That would be great, but like that's not going to happen. He's going to go to Bayern eventually, or yeah. a team like that. That sucks. Yeah, I'd, for that, Liverpool, that's that's a tough note to end. All on. right, um, forgive us for not being on top of it with the seeds, but enjoy the draw. We have a great weekend of soccer coming up with Liverpool versus Man City, so mm-hmm. we'll try to come back probably in two weeks to talk about. That's when the Champions League comes back, correct? Uh, I believe so. Well, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah, we can talk about um, what happened to the U.S. national team in World Cup qualifying. Yeah, too. Can't wait. 